Do you know what Rocky Ground is? Where you can get news about the Jamaican culture and just learn about how Jamaicans are doing as a yard and abroad. You get to learn a new Jamaican Patwa word or even a Jamaican phrase. I look forward to the Patwa word of the day. The Patwa word is Pasa Pasa. Word today is Taco Ram. Our word of the day is Duffy. Wang. No little, no little twang, not you. I enjoy tuning in to what a go. It happens every Friday at 7 p.m. So check them out. And bye from Toronto. Dodds, Quebec, it's La Jamaica. It could what a Yes, I. What a I am a big fan of Wataguan. Relevant and entertaining, so keep up the good work. Watch Wataguan. Big up yourself, Wataguan. Wataguan. Yes, I. Wataguan. Watch Wataguan. Oh, yes, I'm going to Wataguan in my yard. Check it out. 7 p.m. every Hello, what are going on, people? Welcome back to another week. It's Friday, and you know what time it is. It's time for what are going national. So, as usual, time to send out the text, call over the fence, wherever you are. Time to let people know that what are going is on. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's your girl from Bongo Town back for another week. Want to give a welcome to our special listeners on Fresh FM Radio London. Wataguan is also available on all different podcasting platforms. So that's Podbean, Google, Amazon, iHeart, Player FM. Wherever there's podcasting, find Wataguan there. You can check out the link on our website at www.wataguan.ca. And just a little reminder, Guan is two A's, all right? So May's almost over. Can you believe it? This is the last Friday in May. So today we take on a topic that is sometimes taken for granted or not even talked about at all. It is our men and their mental health. In a few weeks, it will be Father's Day. And we want to start to, spot, to put the spotlight on our men. So Timmy Abiola will be sharing with us in a little bit on some key issues. Male suicide rate, male self-care, the role of um, partners, family and community in supporting our man, men. Sorry. So stay tuned for that because that will be coming up in A Time to Reason just a little bit down the road, all right? So we are now at my favorite part of the show, Patwa Time. And this is where we share a word or a phrase from our beautiful Jamaican patwa. And today's phrase is mukuch. When you hear the word there, do you know the meaning? How is it used? So mukut. So an example I could give is, what you boy did? say all mukut that. So when you hear someone say that, what does it mean? Do you even know the word? So if you do, you know, like we like people to keep it engaging. So to do that, you have to talk to us. And how do you talk to us? 
in the comments that little section that is right under your youtube or your facebook wherever you're watching it from just drop the comments down in there and keep the conversation going the word today is mukut all right last week we had another great show i tell you donovan is on a roll we had tony fairweather author of 28 pounds 10 shillings join us to share stories from those who sailed on the ss windrush to britain in 1948. he talked about the social issues the color and diversity they brought to britain the racism and challenges they faced the resilience and success and the need to store artifacts and share their stories it was a history lesson of the highest quality Tony encouraged us to embrace and preserve our history to the benefit of the next generation. We love it, love it, love it when you engage with us with your comments and feedback on our show. So keep them coming. Last week was a good one. So this week I want it to be the same way, all right? So if you missed another the episode last week, you can find it on all of our social media platforms. So that's Facebook, well, Facebook and YouTube, but you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, on LinkedIn, or you can check out our website at www.wataguan.ca. So follow, like, share the thing like, yeah, share good food. All right. Okay. So we just going to go into some news and hear what's happening across Canada. The third edition of the Calgary Black Film Festival is happening today, starts today through to May 29th. Many great productions from seasoned and upcoming film, film makers. The festival is both online and in person. Go to calgaryblackfilm.com to see the lineup of films and to get tickets. Go out and enjoy some great black art while supporting these creators. The Caribbean Associations in Calgary, in partnership with the Calgary Police Service, presents Youth Summit 2023 on May 27th with the theme, Helping Our Youth Navigate a Path to Success. The event goes from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the CPS West Winds Campus, and that's 5111 47th Street Northeast, Calgary. Seats are limited, so register today on Eventbrite you must be registered to attend. In Montreal, the Collective Kitchen Project, Project and the Jamaican Association, um, Jamaican Association of Montreal presents free family cooking classes. Join them every other Monday at the JCA at 4065 Jean Talon West at 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. to learn and create new recipes. To register or for more information, email jamfootstepsprogram at gmail.com or call 517-737-8229. Next session is on May 29th. That's on Monday. A little bit of news from Yard. The historic Morant Bay Courthouse is to become a museum. There are plans to transform the old Morant Bay Courthouse into a museum, and residents of the parish are being encouraged to donate suitable items for display. The announcement was made by Mayor Hubert Williams during his May 
meeting of the St. Thomas Municipal Corporation. The mayor said there have been discussions with the Culture, Health, Arts, Sports and Education, Chase Fund, which is integrally involved with the venture. The project is expected to be completed in the next 18 months. The Center for Intellectual Excellence presents the World Diversity in Leadership Conference 2023 from June 20th to 23rd at the NISCU Conference Center near Edmonton, Alberta. Here, speakers including Margaret Trudeau, Minjit Minhas, Dr. Denise Green, and many great panelists focus on the themes of climate change and mental health. To register and get more information, go to www.wodil.ca or call the news and my next favorite part of the show is you know it time to all like a reason with none other than the big man himself Donovan Simon so stay tuned grab your coffee because it's now time for all like a reason Thanks for changing the channel. All right. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Mr. Cole. No duppy this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, as your prayers work. Work this time. Or, or, or maybe the other thing. You see, if you sprinkle, if you sprinkle right things, you know. No, but other, other people might have the same problem. <laughs> no, man, not, not talk too loud. <laughs> other people have the same issue if we help them solve it. <laughs> anyway, it's, a, yeah. it's another good week, and yeah. you know, hopefully you had a good week. I, uh, I, yeah. You did? Yes, it was very busy. These days, I don't know, I'm busy being busy, which is ridiculous, but it was a good week. So it go, so it go. Yeah. Well, we're switching, we're switching gears and going into June a little bit here. Mm-hmm. June is Father's, well, the 18th is Father's Day. Yeah. But we're going to take on a topic this week, which really I think people should should enjoy. I hope we get some comments and some questions uh, as we tackle male mental health. Because sometimes mm-hmm, yeah. we, we think, you know, it's not something that, that affects the men and them, them can't manage Right. So we, we, have, we have a good little reasoning going on. So I'm gonna have a reasoning. Yeah, man. Come back and let's see. Let's see the questions that you have later on. All right. Cool. <laughs> have a good reason. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Cool. Welcome to another time to reason here on Wataguan, and today we're going to focus on our men. We're actually going to do that over the next couple of weeks. Today we're going to talk about male mental health and joining me in a little bit here is timmy abiola who is a a registered nurse who specializes in mental health and he's been 
working in that field for a little over seven years. Uh, he's taking it with a lot of passion and he's big on personal development and a number of other things. In fact, Timmy is the host of a podcast called The Enlightened Awakening Podcast. So check him out on all the podcasting platforms. But today he's going to talk to us from his professional side, which is about mental health. Happy to bring Timmy on Wataguan to talk with us. Hey, Timmy, how are you? Doing well, Donovan. Thank you for having me today. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right, listen, uh, let's jump right in. Uh, many times when the conversation about mental health comes up, whether it's from men or women, uh, we, we get into a number of different areas. But for, for men, the, the topic of suicide comes up very often because more men seemingly, not seemingly, more men commit suicide. Uh, I know there's a new language around how to, how to express that. I, I haven't mastered that yet. But maybe you can help us understand that stat. Is, is it a typical mental health issue and it's the reflection of the capacity of our men. Yeah, it's a really great question. I just want to start by saying thank you for having me today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's definitely a topic that I find is coming up more and more in mainstream and we realize that it's an issue, but, but I think that we're kind of at this impasse where we're like, we don't really know what to do yet, right? Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, yeah, uh, more men do commit suicide and I think that a part of that is because men are really solution oriented, right? And we typically, when we have a problem that we've identified, we want to move quickly to be able to actually rectify that problem. I think that unfortunately that mentality that usually does serve as well as men also comes into play when it comes to thoughts of suicide. I think that people often see suicide as a solution to a problem that they see to be longstanding. But what I always say in my work is that it is a, permanent solution to what I believe is a temporary problem. But of course, when you're in the midst of just all sorts of worry and dread and your mental health has been suffering for a while, that does seem like a worthwhile solution that could be useful in terms of ending, ending your suffering. Right. I think, I think the other tricky piece around it is the methods that men typically will use to actually attempt suicide. There's just a higher lethality there. And so while I do think that the rates are, and I haven't looked recently, especially after COVID, but I do think that the rates are comparable in terms of those, in terms of those who do suffer from those types of thoughts. But in terms of completion of suicides, absolutely men are much more likely uh, to do that. And I think uh, it's mostly due to those factors that I mentioned there, but particularly the methods that typically men will use. Right. Uh, I, I, you mentioned COVID, and I'll come to that in a little bit, because there, there's no question in my mind, and I'm sure there might be stats out there that speak to how COVID has affected our mental health, and in particular, the, the mental health of men. But I want to get your take on the, the expression and the way mental health issues tend to manifest themselves in our men. What, what do you see? Uh, from the professional side? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that one of the misnomers when it comes to mental health for men is that 
it's going to look similar to what we see maybe on television, where it's that despondentness, the depression, the complete, like, I'd say loss of interest in activities, things that we would, again, more so attribute to depression. But oftentimes, I do think that a lot of these things come out as anger, whether it's anger towards oneself, anger towards one's loved ones. I think some of the things that we also see is stonewalling, which is a term that uh, the Oh, it's there we go. Gottman, that Gottman uh, Institute uses often when they talk about just shutting people out and putting up those walls and keeping others out. I do think that we also see sometimes uh, like a little bit of sublimation of those feelings where there's an overfocus on work or just really trying to keep yourself in that one lane where you're thinking that as long as I can focus on my work, everything else will be okay. And that may not always end up being the case. And of course, we do see things like substance use or substance abuse as well. And so some of these things are commonly seen, whether it's men or women or children. But I think that it's tricky and that oftentimes anger is going to be one of those key things that we see. And people will think that, oh, you know, they're just upset or unhappy. I wouldn't necessarily attribute that to a mental health concern. Right. Uh, and maybe to extend that a little bit more. When, when we talk about mental health, what are some of the things that you think we need to normalize and demystify, uh, especially as a community? Mm -hmm. This is an excellent question. Very excellent one. I think that when we talk about as a community, let's say the Black community, right. I think that one of the tricky pieces is how it is that we can go about addressing these concerns. I think that we have seen by and large that a lot of individuals are hesitant to actually seek out mental health help. I think that particularly for men, this is especially hard because it comes with an admission that you are not able to do all things on your own. And I think that some men may struggle with that because inevitably a lot of us have been raised, especially like the generation that came before mine, a lot of men have been raised to think that men need to be independent. They need to be the ones getting things done. They need to be the ones making things move. And that needing help from other people is a sign of weakness. That admitting that you're not doing well is a sign of weakness. And I think that that is something that absolutely needs to be demystified because it's one of the things that is contributing to this increase in completed suicides, suicide attempts, and just poor mental health in general. I think another thing that probably needs to be demystified is the fact that, and especially when it comes to faith, some faith communities believe that mental health concerns or seeking out help in the form of therapy or medication, that this is a sign of weakened faith or right. that you don't have enough belief that God is able to intervene in your situation. Or, or, so is, that I, is, or is that is demonic? Yeah, or that is demonic, right? And then they'll say, oh, all we need to do is uh, I'll pray, pray for you, brother, pray. right? <laughs> exactly, the proverbial, I'll pray for you, brother, right? Uh -huh. And I think that it's it's tricky because there is a balance of that. I, myself, being a person of faith, I do think that there is an element that we do need to consider when it comes to the role that faith plays in terms of mental well-being in general. But I do think that one of the things that I would very much like to see demystified is this idea that if you need medication, that that's something that needs to be looked down on. Or if you're seeking out uh, therapy, right, from a psychologist. I know some mm -hmm. people are very against the idea of seeking out mm -hmm. psychological help because they right. say that, oh, these people are, as you kind of referenced earlier, they're like agents of, of Satan, 
And so that's for me is something I would very much like to see demystified because there is no limit to, again, coming from the faith perspective, I don't believe there's a limit to what God's able to use to rectify a situation. But I think that when we have these myths that are populating, that are propagating as well, people are less likely to go ahead and seek that help because they are fearful of what people might say. Or, or the tendency is to think that the, the solution is within me. I just need to keep digging and dig harder and mm -hmm. it will show itself. Isn't that also one of, one of the reasons why some of the men tend not to, uh, what should I say, seek that particular path or seek the help that they need? I would say so, because as men, that's what we're taught, that if you if there's a deficit, that you just need to work harder. You need to right. put more of yourself out there. And I think there is maybe some validity to that, but I think it's also dangerous because that is how isolation begins. When you start thinking that it's only me, I'm the only one that's in the midst of this. I think that it can be dangerous because that's what mental that's how mental illness thrives right it's very fertile ground for mental illness when we start talking about isolation and i know we're going to get into this a little bit but the pandemic that's where this right. became so dangerous yeah. right yeah all right Let, let's I, I want to talk about culture first though mm -hmm. because you you mentioned it you know the black community the the way we are raised so i i am one of the generations before before you we, we are supposed to be gladiators warriors we're supposed to be intrinsically strong so how can we deal with this mental health issue when this is what we're supposed to be and this is what people are looking to us for mm -hmm. i think it's a great question because it's not something that's going to be solved in in any time soon right this has been ingrained in us for a very long time and so i think that the biggest thing to start with is a recognition that there is no shame in seeking help, right? Gladiators, they had their other gladiators beside them, right? Let's think about, I think most of us have seen that movie 300, right? The strength was in the numbers, right? Every individual warrior was indeed just that, a warrior, but the strength really came when everybody pulled together. And I think that that's a great example that we can pull from because nobody is able to be impervious all the time. If somebody falls down into a pit, right? When, when it comes to physical things, it's very easy for us to understand that help is needed. Oh yeah, you know, I just need to extend a hand to this person to help them out of the pit that they're in. But when it's a metaphorical pit or an emotional pit or a mental illness pit, that's where we start to feel a different type of way about it. And I think that that's where it starts to get tricky. To answer your question around like this whole gladiator mentality, I think that it definitely has some benefit and i think that as men we're very good at carrying on and pushing through and just trying to do our best to get through the day and to provide for our loved ones but the recognition that is needed in a moment where we are saying hey you know what i'm not able to do this on my own i think that there is strength in that as well like there is no shame in going to the doctor when you have a broken arm but when it comes to our mental wellness yeah. then all of a sudden it's a different story right <laughs> and and that's interesting that you use that analogy because even even going to the doctor for certain physical ailments it it is not uncommon for men to to push through and figure you know no man I, uh, <laughs> I, I i can get past this i can i can make it happen uh and there's also an element of, of pride within it as well mm. right because those looking on so let's use a father and the way he wants his son 
to see him leads him to behave in a particular way. Or in some cases, the way the male want the female to perceive them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Influences those, those behaviors, which in, a, in, in many situations become detrimental because if, if not treated after a while, that anger, that ego, that bravado, or all the other things that occur play out, right? Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up pride because I think that as Black men, that's probably one of the biggest downfalls. And I can speak for myself that this is something I've had to look to continuously check. And the reason for that is pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, right? We, I think most of us have heard that, but have we really heard it? Right. And I think that the tricky piece is you're right. When you have like maybe your wife who's looking on for you to lead the family, your son who's coming behind you. The tricky piece that I have often seen is that, and we referenced it earlier, that it, needing help or support is like a recognition of not being sufficient. And I think that fear of inadequacy is really where a lot of this is rooted. Because again, as men, Oftentimes, especially in the generation before mine, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is that you got to be strong. Never let them see you cry. You got to make sure that you're always pushing through. You got to be tough. You got to be strong. And you, all of this is ingrained from a very young age. And so I think that that's where that pride piece really can be difficult, right? Is to say that I am not where I need to be. I need help to get to where I need to be. It's, it's tough. And I'm glad that you brought up the piece about people not even wanting to go to the doctor for physical ailments right like admit, for, for us men we've gotten too good at pushing through i think but we are getting to a point now and th this is why we're seeing like these rates are going up particularly if suicide is that we're, we're at our breaking point right and it's yeah. getting to the point where it's becoming more and more obvious and sometimes it's too late already before we realize that hey that person may not have been as good as they said that they were. Yeah. Right. And in many yeah. cases we are. I'll come back to that in a little bit, but I want to talk about the, the pandemic. Um, mm. how, how do you think the pandemic has either amplified or exacerbated this topic that we're talking about? Mm -hmm. So we touched on it earlier, but isolation. I think that that's really where we have started to see a couple of dangerous patterns where people who were previously just getting by just enough. Maybe they were suffering silently, but at least they had work to go to. They had things to look forward to, activities, or they had like different groups or social gatherings that they were a part of. And once all of that faded away, then people were left with just their thoughts and themselves. And that's when people start to ruminate. And that's where we really start to see some dangerous patterns develop. In my work, we know that when a patient is starting to isolate themselves or they're starting to kind of draw away from those things that they previously were engaged in. So let's say, for example, something happens, right? That leads somebody to be in a state where they're now more concerned about their future or they're thinking a lot more about that. We always want to come alongside that person to be able to provide as much support as we can, because we know that it's those moments that these types of thoughts are much more likely to develop. And so I think that a lack of physical connection is a big piece because, you know, we're always connecting online. We're trying to be in touch as much as possible, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or video calls, Zoom, what have you, but it's not the same. 
right? That human to human connection is mm -hmm. lost. And so I think that that was mm -hmm. one of the biggest factors that started contributing to that, as well as some people who lost their jobs, right? There were many people yeah. who no longer had a way to provide for their families. And I think that especially as men, that that is gonna be a huge blow when you feel like you no longer have the ability to care for your family in that way, it's gonna be painful, right? Yeah. And I think that that's one of the big factors that contributed to that as well. Yeah, and, and often you don't see the signs of the struggle. Mm. You know, a, a couple of months ago, there was a, a member of an alumni group that I'm a part of that uh, committed suicide. And mm. for, for many of us, you, you couldn't see it coming. And one of the questions that ended up happening in the group was, were there signs and did we miss it? So let's talk about that a little bit in terms of the community and the families and people around our men. Mm -hmm. What are the signs and what are the roles that these different uh, groups play in, in, in helping men manage their mental health? Yeah, I think a big piece of it is what we chatted about just now in terms of community, right? And being there. But the tricky thing about men is that when we're struggling or we're really struggling, you can tell, right? And so the wife might come to say, hey, is everything all right? It's like, I've noticed X, Y, Z. Like, is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, what do we yeah, say? Usually, no. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine, right? No, everything's all good. And so I think that there's a balance there where we don't want people to be isolated, as we chatted about earlier, but we also don't want to feel like we're being smothered. Right. And I think that that's it's it's a tricky balance. Right. And that's going to be different for everybody. I think that on a community level, another piece of that is just having conversations like this and trying to normalize some of these pieces so that people don't feel shame when they actually do need to reach out for help. Because inevitably, the only way that we're going to be able to start changing the trends that we're starting to see is by having honest and authentic conversations about these hard topics. I think that availability of resources is another big thing, right? I really do like that I have been seeing a trend of a lot of people within the Black community offering services back to the community, right? right. And I wanna see more of that because it's great that we have so many more people going into these fields who are educating themselves and bringing that information back to their communities. I think that that's another huge piece. I think that faith does play a role into it too. And I will say that within the faith communities, I have seen that there is more conversation around how do we support people who are going through mental health struggles. I wanna see more of that as well, because unless we start having these conversations in all of the spaces that men are and the spaces that men do feel that they are maybe comfortable in or where they go to actually seek some sort of comfort, reassurance, I think that it's not going to be possible for us to win this battle without doing that. And so I do think it's a multi multifaceted approach at the family level, at the community level, at the faith level. I think that it is going to take a lot of work for us to be able to start reversing some of these trends that we've been seeing. And, I do and think some, it's possible. It yeah, possible. Some, some of it is at the individual level, if not if not a lot of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe this is where we bring up the topic of, of self-care. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it is not uncommon common for for the men in 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 different circumstances to be the sacrificial lambs and they do a lot for everybody else and seem to forget themselves and that struggle then leads to degradation is is, is that an uncommon thing in, in your world <laughs> i would say that that is 
Yeah, whether it's men, women, or even teenagers, because I do work a lot with adolescents as well, that's one of the most common things that I see is that people have gotten to the point where they are so overwhelmed with what's going on, whether it's providing for others or just trying to get through their day-to-day -day life, that they aren't taking that time to develop and grow themselves and then to also do the fundamentals of self-care. One of the things that I talk extensively about in my work is I have kind of like three main pillars that I base my work in mental health on, one of which is personal growth and development. I think it's critical that we always have something that we're striving towards, because when we have a sense of purpose, when we have a sense of well-being that is generated from within, then I think that that serves as a protective factor to mitigate some of these things that would naturally come up when people are struggling with their mental wellness. I think that another significant piece of it is knowing yourself and taking the time to grow yourself spiritually. I know that not everybody has a faith, let's say, per, but, per se, but I do think that we do need to acknowledge that we are a physical part and then a non-physical part, right? Whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, we do need to acknowledge the fact that there is a spiritual element to our existence here. And so I am a big fan of mindfulness and meditation. And when I say that, I just mean simply taking the time to be still and to understand what is going on within yourself. I think that journaling is another key piece of that, particularly when you want to actually document how you are doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to check in with yourself and then to go back and review that. One of my favorite things to do is to review my journals from a time when, I'm, when I was going through some hardships. And after I've come out of that, to go back and look at that and say, wow, look at where I was and look at how I've been able to come forward since then. Look at how much I've grown. Look at what I had to survive through. And it's almost like a reminder for yourself to say, I am capable. I am able to do this. I do have perseverance. I am a person who is able to go on when things get difficult. And so I do agree strongly that there is an individual component to it. And I think it's probably the most important because no matter how much support you're receiving, no matter how many programs are out there, how many resources are available, if you don't believe within yourself that you are worthy or you don't believe within yourself that you can make it through or that there is something for you on the other side, then none of that's going to help. Yeah. And you have to give yourself permission to be. I, yeah. I, I, I'm the first to, to confess. I go and play some golf from time to time, and I and I give my per, myself permission <laughs> to to invest some of my time and a few dollars into something that I I have fun at, even if it's not the best round. Uh, is that a message that we need to to get across more forcefully to our men, or is this a message that those around us should also be helping to to amplify for our men? I think it's a combination of the two, because as we've alluded to a couple of times, men, they, we, we, we just love to be going straight, right? We just love to keep focused. There's a mission ahead of me and I have people behind me that I need to protect and provide for. But I think that what we really just need to start acknowledging is that we do need to rest. We do need to give ourselves the permission, as you said, to take it a little bit easy and to acknowledge the fact that we, we are Superman. Right. Like we, we need to we need to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And so I do think that it does need to come right from the individual level where we're having conversations like this man to man to say, hey, 
you know, I've noticed X, Y, Z. Are you taking care of yourself in that way? Are you taking time to shoot a round of golf, even if you may not be the most proficient, right? And oftentimes I find that messages like this come, well, they're best received from other men, right? right. When oftentimes like our wives will tell us, oh, you know, you, honey, you need to take it easy. You need to relax a little bit, make sure you don't work too hard. And, you know, sometimes for those of us who do have children, my wife and I don't yet, but I think that you probably hear a similar chorus. But I think that when a man, especially one that you respect and look up to, comes and has that conversation with you, we're much more receptive to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, want, I was going to go down that road because one of the things I know is you will, you will often only accept or validate a message or recommendation from somebody that you trust. Mm. If, if there isn't a certain degree of trust, the connection won't mean much and it won't go very far. How much, therefore, do our men need to work on that mm. in order to, to get to that better place uh, mm. mentally or with their mental health? Yeah, it's a great question because I think it ties back to this isolation piece. If we feel like there's nobody in our circle that we can trust, then that's, that's going to be rough because then when you have those moments of doubt or feeling like you can't go on, right? And you have nobody that you feel like you can turn to, this is when suicide starts to look like a good option. And so I think that being proactive and building a community around yourself when things are going well, I think that that's important. I do think that doing that work within yourself to ask yourself, why is it that it's so hard for me to trust, I think is equally important. I think that men go through traumatic events and we just brush it off as if it's mm -hmm. nothing and then keep pushing forward, not realizing the damage that that has done to us. And I think that mm -hmm. this is where therapy really comes into play, but this is the catch 22. You're not gonna open up to somebody that you don't feel like you can trust, right? And I think that by and large, we have as a black community, particularly for black men, this distrust of mental health professionals. And that's something that I really do want to see change, right? And that's why I really appreciated being able to come here and chat about this today, because that's how this starts, right? Yeah. And so I think that we do need to acknowledge those things that have happened to us, that maybe things that were said to us, things that we've experienced that have taught us that we can't trust others. And to do that work within ourselves to repair that so that we can actually then open up to those who have the capacity to help us, whether it's in the form of our family members, our other men in our lives, or professionals yeah and and i think another piece to that i'm glad you bring up the trauma because that's a line i want to go down here for a minute is we we do not necessarily acknowledge as men and maybe as people generally how how much work the the it is to to get past that trauma no different than some physical activity so you know whether we're going to the gym or we're trying to bulk up or we're trying to lose weight it takes some work recovering from some of that trauma takes some work as well mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we underestimate the work required to get past the trauma of our childhood of our relationships of losing a job talk to us through the work to get past it yeah it's as you said it's it's complicated it's not an easy process i have a couple of my colleagues that actually specialize in trauma and it is it's deep work and it is, it's tough. You gotta go back and revisit. And I've actually heard it said like this and I really, really like this analogy. When we experience a traumatic event, particularly as children, 
there are certain areas that we stop developing in and we just kind of get stuck in that place, right? That inner child in us gets stuck in that place, but we keep moving on, right? Our bodies get bigger, our lives around us change, we become adults for all intents and purposes, but a part of us has been left at that traumatic event. What makes trauma work so difficult is that we have to then go all the way back there. And there's layers upon layers upon layers of things that have happened or that we need to go through in order to get to that root. And so inevitably, there's gonna be a lot of things that have to be discussed, uncovered, revisited that we may have suppressed. And that was how we dealt with those things in that moment. That was how we were able to continue pressing forward, to continue living life while finding some sort of way to deal with that trauma. But inevitably, those coping skills that we have developed that allowed us to get through eventually will be the things that start holding us back. And that's the other piece is that, okay, you know, this is how I've coped. This is how I've been able to get through. This is how I have ensured that I was able to continue functioning as a human being. But to let go of that is to let go of a huge part of our identity. And that is where the difficulty comes in. It is not easy to engage in identity change, particularly if the way that you were dealing with that is I'm just going to press on. I'm going to be the strong man. I'm going to be the one who takes no, no garbage from anyone. And I'm just going to really hone in and focus on what it is that I'm doing. There's power that comes with that, but we have to also acknowledge that these are the same things that maybe we're engaging in that are also harming us. Right. And so that's what is so hard about this is that this is how we've survived. And to let go of our of what we use to get through life, it's it's scary, right? And that's another tricky piece of that there. We don't want to admit as men that we're scared. And so it comes out <laughs> in different ways. It comes out as that anger, like we talked about, distancing, stonewalling, right? Focusing on one thing, which might be our work or our craft or something like that. And so it's that's why it's tricky. And it's not a, a simple thing. It's not something that a few therapy sessions are going to fix. It's something that takes a very, very long time and some very intensive work. And and I think an extension to that is to, to acknowledge that in the same way fixing uh, what I'm going to call medical type diseases. So if you had diabetes or hypertension, you don't just take one tablet and it, 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 it is solved, right? Or you don't just go and visit the doctor and get a potion and it goes away. I think there's the acknowledgement as well that your mental health has kind of the same framework. It's not one magic pill and all of a sudden that trauma or those feelings or, or that noise in your head. I, I don't know about you, but you know, every now and then, having gone through therapy myself, I, I, I was able to get to the point where I could tell my mind I wasn't going to engage in that conversation <laughs> at, at this particular time when I could laugh at myself, etc. Uh, I want to ask you two quick ones. Is, is the situation around mental health of black men any different from that of other races? Hmm. It's an interesting question. And I think my answer to that would be yes. And part of that is because of the way that it's perceived within the community. I think that part of it also is the way that when, and this is a bit more of an extreme case, but when law enforcement encounters mental health and it is with black men, it's going to be perceived differently. I'm very grateful that here in Canada, we don't 
have some of these same issues that we see in the States. But it is something that does need to be acknowledged, in my opinion, is that oftentimes when we understand that there's a mental health element, we want to take a different approach with that. But sometimes that the time for that understanding, it, it, it doesn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we lead to some of these tragic situations like we've seen south of our border here. Right. I think that another reason why it looks a bit different is, again, what we've chatted about before in terms of the perception that seeking help has and the negative connotations that come into play when it comes to faith and the community at large. I do think that it's different for that reason as well. And oftentimes it isn't easy to open up to somebody in, let's say, in a therapy session that doesn't look like you. And there aren't tons of black male, male therapists, right? I will say that on some of these uh, new websites that I've seen, you actually can specify exactly what you're looking for in right. terms of a therapist. And you can yeah. say whether it's a person of faith, whether it's a person of a specific race, you can pick your gender, but there's not a whole lot of black male therapists. I'll be honest with you. It's not something that you see a lot of. And so I think that that could also be a part of it that does play into it. All right. All right. Here, here's the last one. Uh, men might be watching this today. Females might be watching this. Youngsters, doesn't matter. Uh, what are some of the, the key recommendations you'd want anybody listening to this conversation to take away as it relates to male mental health? Yeah, I think the biggest one is just having conversations about it right? And trying to open up those lines of communication. Inevitably, what begins healing is dialogue. And so I think that we need to first and foremost start being more comfortable having these types of conversations. And something that I often will talk to families about that I work with is do not be afraid to ask tough questions. If you are worried about a loved one, the best way to ask if they're having thoughts of suicide is to actually do it directly and to not dance around it and to just straight up say, are you having thoughts of ending your life or are you currently struggling with thoughts of ending your life? And then if that person says yes, then the big question is, oh, what do we do then? Well, I think that first and foremost is to listen and to not try to jump to solutions and say, oh, you need to talk to somebody. Oh, you should go see a doctor. That's the natural inclination, I think, especially when we get an uncomfortable answer that we weren't expecting. I think that it's important to be able to just listen and be present. There is so much healing that happens when we have somebody who is in an unbiased, unjudgmental way, yeah. Yeah. ready to listen. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. I think another thing is just having an understanding of the fact that these things present differently for everybody. There is no cookie cutter way that mental health concerns show up and just being aware of the fact that the way that one person struggles is not going to be the way that the next person struggles. I think the last piece of it is take the time to take care of yourself. I'm glad that we did touch on that today, but that really is, especially for the men, one of the biggest things that we need to work on is understanding that you cannot pour from an empty jug. Yeah. It will, you can serve yourself in a way that will then serve the others around you. If you are your best self as a man, then your family is going to benefit from that. Your colleagues at work will benefit from that. Your church community will benefit from that. So taking that time to really take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, I think is gonna be one of the biggest things that is gonna be a difference maker when it comes to male mental health. And that might be the biggest takeaway. For the men watching, take care of yourself. For the female watching, tell them to take.
take care of themselves and help them to take care of them, take care of themselves. Uh, Timmy, this has been fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and a time to reason on what Aguan. We have definitely learned a bit from you that we can take to the next chapter as we help our men get better at dealing with themselves. Thanks and take care. Absolutely. Thank you, Donovan. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Welcome back. <laughs> um, but I know you, you, you keep a strike goal. Next day, we're, we're going to be like a diamond factory after he's <laughs> now what are going to end. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we try to build some good reasoning. Yeah. Lots, of, lots, of, lots of some interesting questions and comments as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know I see, see, see here is talking about faith. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, one of the things I took away from it, and you know, Timmy was was very balanced in his approach. There is yeah. when we talk about faith, we, we're not necessarily just talking about Christianity, right? It's about like appreciating that you know we 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 are a multifaceted uh, entity. We've got yeah. both physical and non-physical elements to us. So how do we approach that in 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 dealing with? With what what we we have to deal with, right? Uh, I see. I don't know. I was asking about racism, and you know, Timmy brought that up in terms of how it plays itself out. Uh, I'm sure it happens in Canada. Maybe or or media doesn't grab it as much as as yeah. the the American media, but there's no question that there there is uh, an impact. I, I've 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 said many times to to my American friends and colleagues that. I'm not sure how comfortable I would be living in America as a black man. Um, because you, you always feel, you know, that, that there's there's a target on you for, for yeah. no logical reason. And it, it doesn't matter your wealth. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your status. You might just be in the wrong place. Wrong at, place. At the wrong time, it seems. And and then things things unfold, Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. a conversation on key, but for persons to be open, they need to find a trustworthy source that will not judge, but just to listen, understand, provide support and resources. The spiritual definitely help because it goes deeper in the root of the matter. Great conversation. Thank you, C's here. Um <laughs> the the spirituality thing is is really key and i'm glad timmy's in 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 this kind of work because we do need to see more male role models within the men, mental health space and even as black therapists like you don't have much and then it's it's not a good feeling if you're going to go about your mental health and you have to explain your your blackness for want of a better word to somebody yeah. so we need more black folks, both men and women within the space, but we do especially need some black men to 
to rep. So I'm glad um, Timmy's working in that space. So, you know, more people can see that, hey, it's, it's something that we need to do. We need to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I saw this comment and I thought it was a good one too. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's no question, especially coming from a Jamaican background, we, we well, I'll speak for myself, I suppose. Yeah. We, we grew up thinking that mental health was only madness. Madness. <laughs> a man in a dirty clothes pan road. Right, you know, the, the, the man who eats out of the garbage pan and the man who, you know, who attacked foolishness or is about to harm somebody. Uh, and it, it, it was a while before, you know, we got to understanding that, you know, that voice in your head and, you know, depression and schizophrenia and, all of those things are normal, you know, chemical imbalance, all kind of other mm -hmm. things. That and it's not demon. No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes it's very few times it might be, but that's true. Many of the other things. Well, you're, you're a boy, a demon. And you're like, Bridget, you know, I can't demon for everything. <laughs> no, it, it, right? you know, we laugh, right. but it, it, it's serious. It can't yeah. be. Yeah. Everything for everything, yeah, it, and it cannot be prayed away. Like, yes, it, it the two things have to go in 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 side by side. Just like, just like you know, prayer with diabetes, and you know, prayer with hypertension, and, and you know, prayer with a broken hand, right? right. Yeah, yeah. once you pray and set it back, <laughs> well, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I am. Miracle signs and wonders. Miracle, you have to put that one gas on it. see you yeah. broke your hand and you press it that back. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's good we recognize um, that mental health or taking care of your mental health is, is key and instrumental. And I do agree with him when he says the pandemic has piled on so much because people in general, we're, and I can just speak like as a Jamaican, we're sociable people. We want to be around people. So when you get to a place where you can't do anybody, your your problems just keep piling on. The yeah. pandemic was like rough on me because during that time, like I lost my job. So you can think of a man who might have lost his job and coming from that background where mm, I have to be the man, I have to do this, I have to do that. Those things can can take a toll. But a really good conversation, really, really good conversation. All right, well, we keep trying. So yeah. we'll be back again for some more reasoning next week. All right, so I'm looking forward to the next one. All right, take it easy. Yeah, man, all right, cool. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, folks, I like it. I like it. I like it. The, like that the comment section was lighting up, and I hope you did um, enjoy the conversation and are taking things into, you know, let things marinate and it's for us who are raising our little black sons to know some of these things we have to break that generation where we say man can't cry or tough it out like hey everybody can should be able to cry whether or not you are a man or a woman but another very good conversation and i hope folks are listening take care of yourself we can't stress that enough so next week um is another friday yeah, and we're still on the topic of our men and their health. So we want to look at men and cancer, things we should know and think about. So men's health, again, is in focus, especially the issue of common cancers that affect our men. What should our men know? 
what should our men do? How do the family and community support them to be more health conscious and deal with the many issues that come with having and dealing with cancer? Um, we'll have Yinka Oladeli and Kenneth Noel will be with us to dive deeper into this conversation. So join us for another informative and engaging session. You can now share your message on Wataguan National while we share our stories and experiences. Advertise with us as we grow. Contact us via www.wataguan.ca or any of our social media handles, which is the Facebook, the Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and I just said the website. So send us a message on any of those platforms or you can contact us via email at wataguancnd at gmail.com. Just another reminder, guan is two A's. We want to jump back to the patwa word. Nobody knows, I said, no, no, if you tell me when you don't know the patwa word, you know, man. Uh, so we want to keep also the patwa word engaging too, right? But a mukut is a, somebody who's not smart. They're not too you know, bright, or as we say, idiots, the nonsense, whichever Jamaican word we use. So a mukut. So use the word at your own peril or at your own caution, because if somebody know it mean, make sure you can't fight. But the word today is mukut. So another one to add to your dictionary or your patwa words. Again, I just want to reiterate that we need to build our following, especially on our different pages. And you know, the analytics behind social media and those kind of things. We need you to share our episodes, like us, follow us. And the most important part is to share it, share it, share it. So more people can watch, more people can like and follow. You can Check us out on our different angles. You see them on our screen. But remember, in order for what I go on, you get bigger, 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 you have to share the thing. It was another good week. Thank you for joining us again. And it is your girl from Bongo Tong saying, good, no? see you next week. Mm -hmm.